first two seasons of Cobra Kai, streaming on Netflix tomorrow, season three, for release in 2021. Let's all go to the Miyagi-verse. I love it. Hello. And welcome to Are You Karate Kidding Me? Your source for recaps, reviews, analysis, and items of interest from all around the Miyagi-verse. I'm Colin Canaday. I am Jenny Carlson. And we are back. We are back. Once again. With yet another recap for you on this, the, well, almost the eve of Cobra Kai's debut on Netflix. If you are just joining us, go back to... Episode 3, I think, is when we start Cobra Kai, and then you can listen along with us as you binge on Netflix. We'll give you a moment. Okay, We're thank you. Thank yeah, you. exactly. Good to see you. Yeah. We've been waiting this whole time, but we know it didn't take you long. That's right. Because that's how good Cobra Kai is. Um, yeah. So we are very exciting for this new era of Cobra Kai. We're actually getting a lot of... Uh, Miyagi-verse news and information coming out. Now that they've changed networks, there's a whole new marketing push on. Indeed. Uh, uh, from Netflix. Uh, they dropped a trailer on us they for did. season one and two. It made me cry like a small child. Wow. And yes, I'm uh, not ashamed. And if it didn't, you should still watch to the very end because they gave us a little bit of a tease. If you think you've seen it all before, you are wrong. That's right. Because uh, we see a little bit from season three and learn that season three is coming in January. May I say? They said 2021. Oh, 2021. They, didn't, they didn't specify January. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. The 2021 we already had to wait. begins in January, Colin. Look, I am just so excited that we're at Netflix now and that and that COVID hasn't shut down the production process for even longer because I know that they have to hold out. Well, that's what I was going to say. to produce more episodes on a regular schedule, right? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like they like I I think they could commit to 2021, but I don't think anybody wants to commit to specific dates on anything right now no. in any entertainment capacity. No, indeed. Um so yeah, so that's fair. But you for know. that, there's tons of stuff they can still do. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I think Netflix has basically reset the clock on Cobra Kai. So what they're going to do is they're going to give us this big marketing push. We're going to get the first two seasons, all the Karate Kid movies on Netflix, and we just can just marinate on them for a while over the holidays. And then they drop season three on us early in the new year. And I mean, the thing about the season three preview is... I mean, it was shot when they were still with YouTube, um, has the same energy. It was very short, but that which we saw, we had confirmation of something that we speculated um, when we first saw season two, which is that we're going to Okinawa, right? And some surprises await Daniel there. Maybe the past wasn't what he thought. That's right. We're going to learn secrets. We're going to learn revelations. It's going to be pretty intense, and I cannot wait. Uh, absolutely. I'm and we might see some old friends. We might see some old friends. That's right. Some scary old friends. And maybe. And some friendly old friends. Maybe we... there will be a knife zip li- knife lantern zip line. Maybe. I would be so excited. Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go review Karate Kid Part 2. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. So we've got the trailer. We know that in a few days, by the time you listen to this... Cobra Kai will have dropped on Netflix. There's also 
a Cobra Kai video game. That's right. That's very exciting. And this isn't the NES hack that was that, go, that was making the rounds a few months ago. That we've been playing. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, I still need to do some game. I might do a game stream of of that and the original Karate Kid video game at some point uh, soon. But but yeah, this is a brand new game on current generation consoles, which I guess would be PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Mm-hmm. And it, it it looks to be like a beat 'em up fighting game, obviously appropriate for Cobra Kai. The the art style looks a little cartoony, a little comic booky, a little pulpy. Uh, yeah, they're probably pulling from like the actual Cobra Kai comics, uh, but it's got like all the they're advertising. The cast is voicing it. Uh, it looks it looks a little bit like the Scott Pilgrim tie-in game that came out when the movie of that property came out and and if it's half as good as that i'm here for it i'll definitely play it for sure yeah it's got like fun little flair like like when daniel rears up to do the crane kick it looks like the miyagi bonsai tree yeah 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 and also hawk has like fire wings yeah yeah there's a lot and i have to say power-ups well the great thing about it i mean again we just watched the brief the brief trailer don't have any special information but like just i have to say that the way the characters look, it's like the way they extend into your imagination after you've watched the show. And particularly Crease, who looks like a villain from an early 90s video game. Mm. Like, legit, really looks like the way my brain remembers Crease. Um, except, you know, even bigger shoulder pads. Right. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so that, and again, that's a part of Netflix's marketing push. Like, they put out, like, a Stranger Things game when Stranger, when I think season two was going to drop on us. Um, so yeah, this is just something that we get now as part of the whole Netflix package. And like I said, I am here for it. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's all the items of interest from around the Miyagi verse. Now it is time for us to do our recap thing and wrap up season two. Yes, we are here to. Do the final episode of season two, No Mercy. We hope it is No Mercy part one. Well, that's the question, right? It's like last season ended with an episode called Mercy part one. And then it turns out there was a part part two. two, No Mercy part two. So presumably maybe season three comes back and it's No Mercy part two. Even less mercy. Even less mercy. Even less mercy. But right now we're doing... The legend of Curly's gold. Cobra... Curly's Curly's lack of mercy. Yes. Uh, we are doing Cobra Kai season two, episode ten, No Mercy. No mercy. We open at the LaRusso manse with a bunch of clothes strewn on the floor of Daniel and Amanda's bedroom. And unlike earlier in the season when Amanda woke up by herself, we find she's in bed with Daniel. It's the morning after their unintentional double date. That's right. Uh, In the previous episode, we saw Amanda and Daniel double dating with Johnny and Carmen, and it looks like at least Amanda got some, so that's good news, and it looks like Amanda and Daniel have repaired their relationship somewhat, which is very good, but where are the kids? Well, Anthony's back from camp. Shockingly, there he is. He's playing his Switch. Daniel's walked into Sam's room to look for her. Anthony says, well, he hasn't seen Sam since he got home from camp yesterday. So, indeed, Anthony was at camp this whole whole time. Must have been a really cool camp. 
Cut to now Daniel and Amanda are both in Sam's room, both on phones trying to find her. She's not answering her voicemail. Amanda is speculating that Sam and Robbie must have gotten up to something because Robbie's also gone. And Daniel's ranting about how he trusted Robbie. Sam better be okay. Now the computer is there. There are notifications, but Daniel can't get in. Of course, Amanda knows Sam's password. Don't look at me like that. That was not the time. Amanda knows Sam's password, and much like an episode of The Bureau, she hacks Sam's texts and learns everything she needs to know. It's a real CSI Reseda up in here. There's a chance this girl is alive, and we are going to find her. Exactly. And and the, the chats that they see are from Aisha asking Sam if she's okay, mentioning that she was really drunk. So now Daniel and Amanda know something very concerning about Sam. All of a sudden, Daniel realizes that technology exists and that he can use Find My iPhone to locate Sam. But he doesn't understand why her dot is showing up on the map of Reseda. Cut to Reseda Flats apartment complex. Robbie looking wistfully over Johnny's keepsakes, his trophies from uh, high school. Uh, some drawings that apparently Robbie made for Johnny. Robbie's, like, kindergarten (laughs) drawings. Hello, my name is Simon. I like to do drawings. Um, It's all very, uh, very saccharine and sweet. And and, and has Johnny's Firebird. Indeed. And Johnny, meanwhile, is in the kitchen frying bologna for breakfast, as is his want. Yes. Meanwhile, his smartphone is beeping that a new update is now available. Like, convincing Johnny that, hey, maybe this smartphone is not that smart. Another new update. I just got this. Robbie walks in and to thank Johnny, and Johnny's like, It's no problem. But look, I'm going to have to tell LaRusso about this. But Robbie, always trying to be the stronger one, says, Please don't. If he sees her like this, it'll crush him. I'll take the blame. Yeah, Robbie wants to throw himself on the his sword, I guess, a little bit. Little does Robbie know that Daniel and his Audi are just right outside pulling up to the apartment complex to see the Cobra Kai-mobile parked outside Johnny's apartment. Ah, yes, the Cobra Kai-mobile, a dead giveaway. And Daniel is knocking on the door. Johnny, come on, I saw your car outside. I know you're in there. Open up. You know, at this point, just asking for Johnny because he's figured it out. And Robbie's like, oh, no. And Johnny wants to support Robbie, so he tells him to go in the other room. You know, he'll take care of it. Of course, Johnny opens the door, looking avoidant, and Daniel is already freaked out. Wait, don't, don't tell me to calm down, all right? Where is she? Look, they had a crazy night. Johnny's trying to tell Daniel that kids do crazy things, and that's when Daniel asks Johnny who the hell he has to tell him about parenting. Daniel is the one losing his temper, and Johnny is telling him to cool off. <laughs> but the cool off does not last for long, because Daniel then kicks the door open, <laughs> hitting yeah. Johnny right in the face, and then we're into our first big, legit fight of the episode. Johnny kicks Daniel and they are falling into their karate form and beating the crap out of each other. Daniel kicks Johnny in the face with a round kick just like in the past. Johnny grabs Daniel. Oh man, you can grab by the shirt here. This is not, this Ooh. is, whoa. Knocks, knocks Daniel into the television. The sound wakes Sam up. And just as Johnny and Daniel are about to go in at each other, Sam and Robbie run in and stop them with their arms locked about to punch each other. Sam, what happened? Are you okay? Pull them off each other. And now Daniel wants to know what happened. Yeah, I'm fine. Why didn't you call or text us? Uh, Sam is now fully awake and there's a lot of heated exchanges. 
Daniel's had enough of Robbie's lying. He, all he can do is well, take care of his own kid, he feels. Robbie tells Daniel this. Mr. LaRusso, it was my fault. I brought her here. And Daniel says, Oh, you want to end up like him? That's up to you. Robbie, man, Tanner Buchanan's good at this. Like, Robbie has tears in his eyes as Daniel drags Sam away and slams the door shut. And the show begins. That's right. All that before the opening. Cut to West Valley High School, and it is cruel summer. Hello, and welcome to Are You Karate Kidding Me? (laughs) Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Everybody's back for the beginning of classes, and nobody's afraid to hug each other in the hallway. Miguel was standing outside the high school trying to get a hold of Tori, but it's not going well. She's not answering his texts, and Aisha walks up, and in true Aisha style... Looks worried, but also sounds very, very cool, saying... The missing the first day of school is not a good sign. Unless you're Tori. Yeah, unless you're Tori. Uh, cut to the parking lot, where we get Daniel dropping Sam off at school. Yeah, Sam is no longer allowed to drive her own car, because obviously she's grounded. And Sam is asking Daniel how many times she has to say she's sorry. And Daniel says... But when you get in trouble, you come to me or your mom, not that guy. No, never Johnny. That was my fault. Not Robbie's. Uh, Daniel says he thought I could help him. But he's got his own family. I need to focus on mine. But this is bullshit because Daniel had told Robbie he was a member of their family. Anyway, Daniel tells Sam to focus on pre-cal and not this stuff. And Sam leaves the car, obviously ticked off at Daniel. And Daniel knows that things are not right, but he doesn't quite know how to fix them. Meanwhile, in the Cobra Kai mobile, just around the corner of the parking lot, Johnny is setting Robbie up with a backpack full of assorted school supplies. Yes, very assorted because Johnny is kind of new at this and doesn't really know what to put in a backpack. He's just like, here, here's a bag full of pencils and paper. Good luck. I couldn't find you that Iron Eagle Trapper Keeper that I remember from the old days. Something about maniacs messing with good men that always piss me off. Robbie tells Johnny that he still feels bad about what happened. And even though Johnny doesn't want to hear about it, he listens. Even though he's getting a call from Miguel, he holds the phone and listens to Robbie. And Robbie says, Mr. LaRusso was good to me. Miyagi-Do Karate helped me out a lot. Foreshadowing, Johnny. You could learn something from LaRusso. It's so nice to see Robbie and Johnny in a scene together. Like, they're so good at this with with the angsty, blue-eyed acting. It's really, really good. And the showrunners know this, and they give us only enough. Only enough. Cut to the hallway where Miguel is trying Johnny on his cell phone but keeps getting bounced to VMs. Indeed. Robbie approaches Sam at her locker and she says she feels like an idiot. Robbie says from now on they won't lie to each other anymore. Well, now's a great time to start, Robbie. What do you got for us? He owns up to intercepting that Medal of Honor from Miguel. And when Sam asks him why he did it, he says, I guess I felt insecure. Well, that's some nice emotional honesty from Robbie. When he says this about no more lying and when he explains why he did it, he then says that it felt better to get that off his chest, right? And you can see that Sam also knows that she needs to confess that she kissed Miguel when she was drunk by the pool. Ah, but it's too late. Robbie. Yeah, well, she begins. She says Robbie, but then the bell rings and Robbie notes. Can't be late on my first day. Robbie's still trying to make a good first impression somewhere, wherever he possibly can. Robbie is constantly in a state of trying to make good first impressions. Well, remember, this is his first day at a new school, right? The LaRussos enrolled him back when he was still in Daniel's Good Graces. That is correct. I mean, that's how it works in California. You have dudes and chicken suits on Halloween, and random people can just enroll you in high school (laughs) without the proper documentation. Uh, presumably. 
Presumably anyway. somebody had the right documentation or they just, you know, forged a passport. Um, anyway, <laughs> cut to our first class period. It's time for announcements. Good morning, students. Welcome to a brand new school year. Indeed. Cut to science class where Miguel and Hawk are sitting together and Hawk obviously now knows that Miguel kissed Sam. He's very excited. Miguel, of course, is disgusted with himself because he shouldn't have cheated on Tori. Hawk is then using this as a segue to talk about his own polyamorous plans when a guy comes up to him and says he also wet the bed for years. Truly, Eli, bedwetting could have happened to any guy. Yeah, referencing Dimitri's big slam competition from the end of last week's episode. Cut to the principal's office where Principal Lopez is looking at someone's resume, which is a little spotty. This guy wants to become a security guard. Who is he talking to but Stingray, complete Uh. with braided beard? Yeah, Stingray's back. Looks like he's jockeying for the screech position in Saved by the Bell, where he hangs around the high school way longer way than longer. is reasonable. Hello, and thank you for calling Bayside High to talk to Screech. Don't press anything, because it's me! And then, of course, his main motivation for being here is to find out what the teacher's lounge situation looks like. This may feel like a clever plot setup, but in reality, I know a lot of Stingrays who would do the same thing. Find a way to stick around a place where the youth are hanging out. Not even because they have designs on anything in particular. They just can't imagine living anywhere else. Well, you know what? The thing I like about karate class is the students keep getting older, but the belts keep staying the same color. All right, all right, all right. Some of our heroes are sitting in the computer lab now while announcements continue. And our announcer is talking about the need to tolerate differences when in comes Tori... Who snatches the microphone to note that Samantha LaRusso is on notice. Tori barges in and goes full Hans Gruber from Die Hard. I wanted this to be professional. You can walk out of here or be carried out. She has control of the announcement room and she is going to take control of the entire school within moments. Also, those announcements must have lasted a really long time because it seems like the bell immediately rings and now... People are watching as Sam and Tori walk down the hallway in directions to meet each other. And then they run into each other in the middle, whereas Miguel and Robbie are both running to try to preempt whatever is about to happen. Uh, Yeah, this is a great scene. Yeah, this is the beginning of the most epic fight scene in all of television. Uh, I mean, Peyton List just looks like she's about to murder. Uh, Mary Mauser also looks like she's done with everything. It, it looks amazing. And Tori tells Sam that she saw what happened at the party. You kissed Miguel. And the way they light Tanner Buchanan, the way his face looks here is, is horrible. But then there's no time to dwell on that. Tori throws a punch Sam's way, yanks her bag off, kicks her. And then Sam gets thrown back towards Tori and has to defend herself. And of course, we know Sam is capable of that. Um, And Tori is going in pretty hard on Sam at this point. Uh, At first, Robbie isn't trying to separate them, you know, and then Sam takes a kidney punch. Rod and Robbie intervenes, pushes Tori up against the lockers. And at that moment, Miguel runs up. And here comes Miguel coming in with (laughs) big, big energy. He tackles Robbie, bringing him to the ground. Yeah, Chris says we gotta use thing. Dimitri says, I'll go get a teacher. Meanwhile, the 
the Cobra Kai's are thrilled. Hawk is so excited. He can outlet his rage on every human being on planet Earth. Every kid in school. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Just about every named karate student has an opposite number that they're fighting in the hallways. We have Mitch fighting Chris. Too bad. We have Bert fighting Nate. Mm-hmm. We have, of course, Tori and Sam, and Aisha gets involved to try to split things up, but then the fight comes to Aisha when other people come in. I think it's the Mi- some Miyagi-Do guy uh, comes in on Aisha. Oh, I believe that's Frank. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's. <laughs> I looked at the cast list. There's a lot of Miyagi-Dos. Appropriately, Moon rolls in to ask, Come on, guys, can't we all just get along? Everyone's too busy fighting to actually answer her. This is a battle royale and i'm not talking about fortnite like we're talking about old school a complete high school rumble everybody is fighting everyone we've got a bunch of students gathered around anybody who's not fighting is on their phones recording the choreography is incredible because in the main hallway we have sam and tori going at it miguel and robbie a a few paces behind them also going at it and they're sort of always in orbit around each other even though uh, Sam and Tori are a bit ahead. Meanwhile, Hawk is just beating the crap out of anyone he can find. Principal Lopez runs in with Stingray behind him. Stingray says he's got this, but of course we all know that Stingray's really only here to assist the Gopher guys. Stingray rolls up his sleeves and says, I got this. and starts to quote-unquote pacify the kids by hitting them in the head and uh, knocking them back. Sam and Tori roll in. Tori is, is still the aggressor but sam is defending herself fighting back they're at the foot of the staircase the big main staircase sam keeps you know, trying to get tori to stop can't you just stop it already what's the matter you can't keep up he chases her up the stairs and of course sam fights back sam intercepts her but at the foot of the stairs hawk is just going ape shit dimitri runs with the teacher you have to do something mr palmer palmer says screw this they don't pay me enough. Wait till he finds out about schools reopening in the fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine this brawl breaking out over Zoom, although I would like to see a special Cobra Kai episode about that. At uh, that moment, though, because Dimitri's still standing there, Hawk sees him and decides to go chasing after him. Now that Dimitri has re-entered, Hawk has now refocused his energy on fighting everyone to just chasing after Dimitri. We'll catch back up with them in a moment because we've got Miguel and Robbie also brawling their way up the, up the stairs. Yeah. There was a pretty brutal moment where Miguel pushed Robbie up against the thing and said, like that move, I learned it from your dad. So Miguel is fighting dirty for Miguel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some cut twos to Mitch and Chris fighting in the hallways. You know, Mitch telling Chris he should have seen Cobra Kai. Could have been a badass. And then appropriately, Chris uses his school book to, to bean Mitch. He's badass now. It's a pretty cool scene. So appropriately, it looks at first like the end game between Hawk and Dimitri will take place in the computer labs. Hawk has entered the darkened computer lab where Dimitri is hiding. He's gone full Jack Torrance from The Shining. Little pigs, let me come in. Here's Johnny. Yeah. Or The Shining. The Shining. You mean Shining. Shh. You want to get sued? Anyway, just when Dimitri thinks he might escape, Hawk has already snuck in and is waiting for him. Dimitri won't be able to outrun him for long, but he does make it back out of the computer lab. Meanwhile, back at the top of the stairs, Sam and Tori are are going back and forth, mm-hmm. uh, flipping each other over. Miguel's try tries to intervene, but Tori kicks him back and looks at him with genuine hurt in her eyes. She is mad and hurt. It's really yeah. personal. For Robbie and Miguel, for Sam and Tori, this isn't 
Cobra Kai versus Miyagi Do. This is personal. Yeah, this is person versus person, and also like deep, like familial stuff going on. Um, but we've got some good like fights that show the prowess of the two dojos, like like Nate versus Bert in the hallway, and Nate just pounding Bert to the point that an actual security guard drive drags him away. That doesn't stop Bert from still trying to beat the crap out of him. Yeah, it's detention for life for those two. <laughs> they're they, starting early. Yeah, they won't they won't be able to graduate until they're out of detention for sure. On the second floor, Tori is dragging Sam by the hair back down to the landing of the main staircase. Sam shoves her back. They're hitting each other back and forth. And then around now, Tori pulls out her armband with the spikes. Ah, yes. Is that the only way you know how to fight? Dirty? This isn't a tournament. There are no rules. Tori goes for Chekhov's spiked wristband. Yeah, we've been uh, waiting in- to see that spiked wristband put to use. Yeah, introduced so many episodes ago, and now she gets to use it. But uh, we'll get back to that in a second. We've got Dimitri and Hawk yeah, we- out by the trophy area. Exactly. It, you know, we it, to build suspense, we have to cut away. We cut to Dimitri and Hawk. And it looks like Hawk is going to kick Dimitri's ass again, but this time Dimitri uses a superpower that Mr. LaRusso showed him. He anticipates Hawk, spins yeah. him around, and kicks him into that trophy case. Sorry, Eli. That's right. Gives him a bit of a hug and a bit of a kick, and then it's down for Hawk. Uh, back up on the second floor, we've got Miguel and Robbie. Last year's tournament was all about form. It was all about function. But this is just a brawl. Robbie slams into Miguel and tells him that's for taking advantage of Sam. Miguel's like, I would never. And then Robbie says, why did it happen? And of course, this opens the door for Miguel to tell Robbie that she chose him. Right? But we've got to find out what happened with Chekhov's bracelet. We see Tori dragging it across Sam's arm. Sam's got to defend herself. It looks like Tori's about to come in towards Sam's face. Sam blocks her. Tori takes a chunk out of Sam's arm with that spiked wristband. That's true. And Tori's about to go in on her face. She's holding Sam back by the hair when Sam gets in a really good Miyagi-Do style block and then kicks Tori in the face so much so that she flies over the railing onto the lower stairwell. Yeah. She kicks Tori down the stairs. It looks like Tori's out of it for now. Meanwhile, back upstairs, it's still Miguel and Robbie, and it could be anyone's fight. Miguel is wailing on Robbie, explaining it. She doesn't love you. She loves me. In a way that could be like, you know, if Adam Driver played Anakin Skywalker. You're still holding on. Let go. No matter what happens in this fight, right, everybody's going to know that this went down. There's no hiding it. This is about as brutal as it gets. Robbie is just like... Well, I mean, both Robbie and Miguel are full of anger right now. Somebody's Uh, getting banned from the All Valley, but... Miguel has a flashback. I wasn't taught the difference between mercy and honor, and I paid the price for it. If I'm extra hard on you, it's only because you have the potential to be better than I ever was. You want that, don't you? Miguel's on top of Robbie, pinning him down, has a flashback to the time that Johnny explained the difference between mercy and honor. And Miguel decides to show a little bit of mercy in this moment. Yeah, because also Miguel sees Robbie in pain. This is kind of like that moment when when Darth Vader sees that Luke Skywalker is suffering from the Emperor's lightning, right? But, you know, Robbie hasn't yet learned the difference between mercy and honor in such a personal setting. He screams with rage and then kicks Miguel over the stairs. And then Miguel goes flying downward. It's the most horrifying moment in Cobra Kai to date. Slams his back on the railing. And falls unconscious. 
at the bottom of the stairs. When season one ended, I predicted that something dramatic would happen to a, a person we love. I did not expect it to be Miguel, right? I couldn't imagine them going there. So Miguel's lying there. Uh, and then the cops show up. Yeah, the cops finally show up, or at least security shows up, and everyone's looking down. Robbie's looking down at Miguel, looking terrified. Sam looks at Robbie and says accusingly, Robbie, what did you do? And Robbie runs away. Yeah, Hawk arrives just in time to see Miguel unconscious at the base of the stairwell. And Sam's approaching him as the security guard, and maybe EMS is already there, but probably not. I don't know why. Well, the cops called the EMS. The cops were probably too afraid to come in. Cut to the LaRusso manse, where, unawares, Daniel is going into the old dojo, now a guest room. Right, but he's not there to rearrange the bonsai trees. Bonsai tree. No. He is there to do a little bit of his own traveling down memory lane. He finds a History of Okinawa book that Robbie owns. It looks like it's the same History of Okinawa book that Daniel took with Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid Part 2, but actually, I looked this up. Back in the Karate Kid Part 2, Daniel took George Kerr's Okinawa, The History of an Island People, which is a real book written in the 50s about the long, long arc of Okinawan history, including its absorption into Japan from being the Ryukyu Kingdom, foreshadowing all the cool history stuff that happens in that movie. Yeah, of course. But this, this uh, history of Okinawa book I don't think it's real and but also there's another book in the sheets in Robbie's bed which is um, about the 442nd which is the regiment that Mr. Miyagi yeah. served with so clearly what's happening is this is showing just like Daniel did the research without telling Mr. Miyagi Robbie was doing research. Robbie's been doing a little boning up of his own on Okinawa. Indeed and uh, and that's touching to Daniel right? Exactly. Even you know One could even think that perhaps Daniel feels guilty about kicking Robbie out, but maybe I'm being too generous about Daniel at this stage. Maybe he's just disappointed in Robbie because he, Daniel, is still avoiding his own responsibility for the situation. Daniel? As he's looking at this stuff, Amanda runs in. I just got a call from the high school. What's wrong? Imagine being the person at the high school who had to call and notify people. I bet Counselor Blatt was a damn mess. (laughs) Oh my god. Meanwhile, back at Receipt of Flats, Johnny is rehanging that TV that he kicked Daniel into. I'm surprised it's still in one piece, quite frankly. I know, his phone is still beeping at him. Johnny is clearly unable to figure out how to do things like import your contacts um, when he hears Carmen scream across the way. That's right. For once, those paper-thin walls come in handy. Meanwhile, at the hospital, we are now in the ER where... uh, Miguel is wearing a soap opera neck brace. He does not look good at all. No, he does not look good at all. And the doctor is telling Carmen, who's there with Rosa, that... You've seen your fair share of these, so you know the next 24 hours are critical. And Johnny just stands on. You know, he tells Carmen he's so sorry, but Carmen has no mercy in her heart for Johnny. Before Miguel met you, he was a sweet boy. He avoided fights. Now look what you did. Yeah, Carmen's not having it. And then she tells him, look what you did. I never want to see you again. And hurt Billy Zabka is the saddest thing on earth. Truly the saddest thing on earth. There are lonely puppies and hurt Billy Zabka. That's right. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Sam's hospital room, she's getting her arms sewn up. From that brush with Chekhov's bracelet. That's right. It's ugly, man. And Daniel's standing by really upset. Sam and Amanda are both crying because Sam's just broken up about Miguel. I just want Miguel to be okay. It's all my fault. Oh, no, no. And, you know, Daniel tells her not to say that. Boy, this is some really good acting from Ralph Macchio. And meanwhile, Johnny's standing outside at a respectful distance from where Miguel's in the hospital room and uh he sees miguel's voicemail and listens to it and miguel's telling him that hey sensei it's miguel i'm having some girl trouble and well 
I'll come by the dojo after school. It's our two later. Ah, oh, brutal. It's so horrible. And Johnny's just like tearing up again. The saddest thing you will ever see is Johnny Lawrence crying about Miguel Diaz. And, you know, he's standing there, puts his hand on the glass. I mean, this is the the inverse of the story that he told Miguel when they were at dinner the last time, right? That he couldn't be there when Robbie was being born because he was too scared. And now he's brave enough to be there. But because of past events that he was part of, he can't be there. Johnny makes his way to the elevator where he is then intercepted by Daniel, of all people, who also hops on the same car. They each know or know the other is there. They don't make eye contact. It's the longest scene ever. I don't know the actual length of this scene. It is the longest, most awkward elevator ride. Aren't you glad you used dial? Don't you wish everybody did? And I mean, that's impressive given how many awkward elevator rides there are in the history of cinema and television. But it is grim and it felt horrible to watch the first time. It still feels bad. And Daniel audibly sighs with relief when the elevator dings and he and Johnny can both leave. We're a thousand light years from the good vibes of the previous episode. Johnny now is pulling up to the dojo in Rosita. Johnny has now wound up back at the uh, good old Cobra Kai dojo where he's come to engage in one of his favorite pastimes, a little night drinking. And to his surprise, he finds the dojo already unlocked. That's weird. Yeah, imagine that. Huh, it's almost as if someone else has had unfettered access to the dojo the entire time. How could that have possibly happened? I do not know. It's almost as if a couple of episodes ago, when he was out of town for an extended period of time, someone took over all the paperwork for the dojo and possibly ownership of it. It's so impressive because Johnny walks into the dimly lit front room of the dojo and he hears these kiyas happening in the coming from the back special ops room. And it, it it's just like when Daniel walks into Cobra Kai for the first time in the Karate Kid, right? Like Johnny opens the door. Well, in fact, I think Kreese also says, uh, class, we have a visitor. And and all of the angriest Cobra Kais are there and they all turn to face Johnny looking very, very dangerous and mad indeed. It turns out Kreese was never really gone in the first place. No one's ever really gone, that's, Colin. That's right. He was just brewmating. Kreese tells Johnny that you let them down when they needed you the most and that somebody needed to remind them what it takes to win after their crushing defeat at the high school earlier today in a massive unplanned tournament yeah Hawk tells Johnny that Miguel's in the hospital because of you if he dies that's on you because Miguel showed mercy to Robbie Keane because of Johnny what a crock this guy who you know Johnny trusted for so much of his life yep. and who just comes in, takes over the whole operation, no skills at it, and he's able to just kind of twist the truth to whatever he feels like at the moment, and people are just willing to go along with it. Johnny tries to kick Kreese out, but Kreese says the dojo belongs to him because he had a talk with that landlord. It turns out he doesn't like Johnny very much, and these handshake deals don't work out. And then he you know, puts his hands on his gi lapels, as he is wont to do, <laughs> and says that... I found it, Cobra Kai belongs to me it's his his own his precious you don't have any friends nobody likes you uh politifact equals true on that one i imagine that yeah i guess technically crease does own the ip to cobra kai so johnny it is california after all john josh hayden they all owe money to crease for creating cobra kai i don't think marty co would have a problem with that <laughs> at any rate crease is telling johnny that he will thank him for this someday and 
righteously devastated Billy Zabka is this is the second saddest thing you'll ever see after weeping Johnny Lawrence. Johnny turns, leaving Crease watching him and all the other students glowering at him. And then Crease, you know, makes everyone fall back in as Johnny walks away. But Johnny turns to t- take that last look and Crease is still staring him down. Yeah, Johnny has no choice but to walk away from this one. He tells Crease that you want Cobra Kai, it's yours. Meanwhile, back at the hospital, Daniel has arrived with food from El Tremazino, which is Sam's favorite restaurant. Yeah, this seems to be a go-to move for Daniel, but you know what? You can't bribe people with food. But Sam isn't there because she's going to get x-rays. The doctor thinks that maybe now she broke a rib, and Amanda tells Daniel that this needs to stop. And Daniel, of course, agrees. He's not going to let Cobra Kai get away with this this time. But Amanda says, no, the whole thing has to stop. No more karate. She pulls a Scarlet Witch on Daniel and declares no more karate at all, period. Can you cancel karate? Even YouTube can't cancel karate. Back to Johnny Lawrence, who's now sitting at a beach. It looks like it might be in actual California. Since we don't know the name of it, I'm just going to call it Fugue Beach. He sits on this beach drinking out of his paper bag and flashing back on every good moment he ever shared with Miguel from season one onward. That's right. Johnny remembers all the good times with Miguel. It's been a cruel summer indeed. It's it's hard to imagine everything going so wrong when everything felt so right with his bromance with Miguel at these various points. And even during season two, even after Miguel looked like he'd gone full on dark side at the conclusion of season one, uh, Johnny always had his relationship with Miguel. It could always get back to an honest place. So now that one thing is being taken away. A crazy, crazy beautiful and brooding mix of Cruel Summer by Carrie Kimmel is playing. And we cut back to, I think this is Mr. Miyagi's actual house, and Daniel is apologizing to Mr. Miyagi's picture, saying he thought he was doing the right thing. I'm not clear as to why he has to take down the picture when it's Mr. Miyagi's house. Well, Amanda declared no more karate. That means no more Miyagi, though. Does that, that mean just disassembling the whole house? Anyway. It might, <laughs> it might as well. Let's go back to Fugue Beach and see how Johnny's doing. Well, Johnny's now stuck in a memory where he's promising Carmen not to let Miguel go astray. You wrote checks your butt can't cash, Johnny. He turns back to his car, but of course his car is that garishly ugly Cobra Kai-mobile, so he just throws his paper bag beverage at it. That breaks. The phone makes a noise, but at this point Johnny's had it with dumb phones. So he throws the phone at the beach throws the keys into the Cobra Kai-mobile and walks off. He ditches his phone, he ditches his car, and he walks off. But But then we get one more shot as we pan over the sand and we look at Johnny's phone. It seems that Allie Mills Schwarber has sent you a friend request? And that is the conclusion of Cobra Kai Season 2, Episode 10, and the Season 2 finale. No mercy. No mercy. You're not the only one. So you know what that means, Jenny. What's that, Colin? I now turn to you and ask you very kindly. Uh Uh-huh. What do you think of this episode? This episode is rough. I remember when season one of Cobra Kai came out and one reviewer in like Vulture or something wrote that, you know, you think you're just having a fun nostalgic teen drama experience and then you 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 get to the end of the season and realize you're in a full-blown greek tragedy Mm -hmm. and you know for better or worse the the people who make this show are always willing to make a hard decision that even if it's not a plot cliffhanger it's an emotional cliffhanger Mm -hmm. and in this season it's both 
It's both yeah. a plot cliffhangers and we don't know what the hell's going to happen to Miguel and it's emotional. Like what's going to happen to anyone, you know, will the all Valley even be possible mm-hmm. at this point? Is it, is it going to become the place in footloose where karate is banned just like dancing? Um, no, I think this episode is fantastic. I think, you know, John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg directed it. I think Luann Thomas and Joe Pirulli did a great job writing it. I mean, the showrunners who created the story in this way, like it's incredible. I have to admit it is not my favorite finale. My favorite finale is still the season one finale because even though this is the most badass martial arts I've ever seen on, uh, on you know, on anything right. that, isn't, that isn't like, you know, Wing Chun, um, I am just gutted to watch our friends go through this. But now I should ask you very kindly, Colin, what did you think of this episode? I have a lot of thoughts about this episode. Oh, well. I, I, I agree with you. I love the fight itself. I love the way it's choreographed. I love the way it's put together. I like that as a contrast to the very formal tournament style finales that we're used to seeing up until this point that this was a little more raw, a little more brutal. I think I referenced uh, the Japanese movie Battle Royale as probably, I'm sure that was probably mentioned once or twice during the production of this. I just don't like where the fight ends, obviously, because no. <laughs> it is a yeah, it is a brutal ending to a brutal fight, and that spins off all these consequences. That if you told me this is where the show would be at the end of year two, I would be like, "That's wild!" Because again, like one season one was like this fun nostalgia trip, like you said. Where we got... Well, it was nostalgia with substance, but... It was nostalgia with substance, but it was also very reliant on repeating some of the same beats from the first couple of movies. And now we're in completely uncharted waters. New territory. Which is a very exciting place to be, quite frankly. Uh, You know, to reboot the franchise and refresh ourselves with the old characters and introduce new characters... But now we are in a place where we can literally go anywhere and do anything with this story. And I'm sure there'll be references back to old movies and stuff like that that will continue through the series. But I think the storytelling possibilities are now wide open in a way that is, frankly, a little bit thrilling. No, it's really exciting. I mean, it's it's yeah. grim because like well, it's grim now, but but, it's, but it, the the prospects are extremely right. exciting. I mean, I, I I think another good another good reference, and I'm sure that you won't mind this one is the Empire Strikes Back analogy. No, right? It's like the middle chapter you ended on a downbeat. They won the day, but at what cost? Like they lost Han Solo, like. The rebellion is on the run, you know, all these things. So you end chapter two on a little bit of a downbeat, and then that allows you to get the band back together in in the next chapter. And I'm sure that's where this is heading. I don't know how game Miguel is going to be for coming back. Those are some of my thoughts. The other thought I wanted to just jump into real quick before we get to proper season three speculation is... The idea of comedy versus drama, and you touched a little bit on this, uh, which is the idea that at the end of the day, is Cobra Kai a comedy or a drama? It's only 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of fun stuff in it, but then a lot of dramatic stuff happens, and 
you know, when I've talked to other people about writing or producing my own things, my friends and I are used to writing comedies. So whenever we do like 48 hour film project or something like that, you know, we would occasionally draw like one year we drew drama. Yeah. And yeah. And my friend was like, well, how do we even write a drama? And I'm like, well, we'll just try writing a comedy and not writing any jokes like that. I mean, that is essentially like they talk about, you know, dying is easy. Comedy is hard. I think that kind of comes into play a little bit here where it's like, yeah, if you want to steer this show into drama, it's real easy to do. Just don't write jokes for a couple of pages. Well, I mean, but even with jokes, like, I mean, you're right. But, but what's impressive about this show is that it can go from being funny to horrifying and back again really fast. Although, you know, the final couple of minutes of the show are all horror. One thing I, I think that's really interesting to note here is not is that, and I and I talked about this before on the show, full disclosure, I got to meet with the showrunners uh, when I was working on a piece that we didn't get published, my, my, co, my co-author and I. But um, I met with them during the press tour for season two. And we talked a lot about the, the different philosophies, right? And it, there wasn't a sense of both sidesism outright but it was very much like you know some kids are helped by Miyagi-Do and some kids are helped by Cobra Kai and I remember wondering although we weren't at that point in the show I hadn't seen all of season two yet where I could say so are you trying to say that that Kreese never did anything wrong and you know like that was for me the big question I wondered if they were just going to try to be like you know everyone's just a bully and everyone's a nice guy in their own way but no 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 like these showrunners and this creative team has a very clear understanding of justice and even though empathy is important and understanding where your rival comes from there are still things that are objectively bad right. in this world. Like what Kreese has done is objectively bad and abusive. Um, he may have his own human story. He may be the hero of that story and deserve respect as a human being. But beyond that, like the things that he's done are bad. And the sum total of all these decisions that people have made out of, um, out of wounded pride or fear or insecurity and anger Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Um, as Yoda says, we see this here because the showrunners want us to know that bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Right? This isn't a world in which karate's cool, so there are no consequences. And that's really important for helping anyone who watches this show think through how justice works in a context of difference, where people don't have the same perspective. Right? Where people right. are different. They still have to learn to work together and understand what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And it's really neat to see that happening. And, you know, we, like I said, we guessed that we would go to Okinawa. We know now from the the season three premiere that we would. Um, and I think that that trip to Okinawa will eat up a lot of time. And, and one thing about this episode is that it set up a lot of suspense for us to wonder where the dust settles with everybody else who can't necessarily go with Daniel. Like, it's not like he's going to charter a flight to Okinawa, right? It's probably his own vision quest. Or can he? Um, There's just one other thing I wanted to say, and that is how rewarding it is to see specifically Billy Zabka and Martin Cove fighting in this way. Because those guys love each other. They're like family. You know, they've been doing the circuit for years and um, have a relationship. But in terms of the Miyagi-verse, their interactions have either been like sensei and devoted student or Kreese just abusing the crap out of Johnny. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really neat to see them play a more layered scene with decades of history. Yes. Where Kreese gets to be a quieter, more frightening villain. And Johnny gets to take an adult moral stand. Like, that's really, like, 
of all the scenes, I think that is one of the most rewarding things to see is just to, I feel like I should have picked up more Easter eggs on the hunt during this episode, but those moments like that, and also just the fight between Daniel and Johnny at the top was just, you know, we thought that's what we wanted to see all along. And then when it comes to it, we don't want to see them fight at all. And it's so neat to see those pairs revisit their relationship in totally different ways. And one more thing. Ooh. Season three. Oh, yeah. Do we want to speculate? What What would you like to speculate about? Because I, I, we kind of danced around it, but now I want to clear some space and talk about predictions. Because you said, is Daniel going to go on a vision quest? I say it's an open playing field now. Sky's the limit. Sure, Daniel could go to Okinawa by himself, meet some of our favorite characters from Karate Kid 2. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's the obvious answer, but maybe, but Robbie disappears at the end of this episode and we don't know where he's going to wind up. Maybe we don't drove, know where Johnny's going to wind up. Maybe Robbie drove an Audi to Okinawa. Maybe he did. Maybe we, we don't know where Johnny wound up. Like, there's so many interesting turns you could take with both of those. I mean, I feel like the obvious beat would be that Robbie is back on the wrong side of the tracks again, maybe hanging out with his ne'er-do-well friends again trying to rob things or whatever Trey and Cruz oh god yeah yeah Trey and Cruz could come back we don't know no one's ever really gone he could find he could hook up with that that weird 40 year old that uh that Daniel fought on the beach in that episode you know Johnny could travel somewhere he could go to Las Vegas he could go to you know he could go to South America you know, and learn more about... Chris's uh, special ops? Yeah, he could... Johnny Fake could be... Ops. Yeah, Johnny could join a special ops team at this point. Like, I, who knows? I think the long arc of the show, we want to see Daniel and Johnny collaborate in a way that feels empathetic, but under some banner. At one point, Colin, I think you speculated that, that Johnny was going to have to turn to Miyagi-Do as a philosophy, if not the dojo itself, right? Right. And that would be an interesting mirror for Daniel going to Cobra Kai. So right. there is that. But I think for season three, that that may not even happen. I mean, now that this is going to Netflix with such an aggressive marketing push, I think they're definitely reckoning with more seasons beyond season three. All we really know is that we're going to need to know what happened to Miguel. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to hold out on us with that because it's a brave show that gives you the answers, right? They, they're right. not afraid to give you the answers on this show, and that that's smart. Speaking of answers, there is mad speculation about those few seconds from the trailer because it sounds like Daniel's in a fight probably with Chosen from Okinawa, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, his opposite number villain. Chosen is asking Daniel if he really knows what he thinks he knows about Mr. Miyagi. Yes. Hugh rampant speculation on Cobra Kai Twitter. So much speculation, you know, mostly about like Chosen or someone being Mr. Miyagi's secret child, which is the most George Lucas of options. You know, at one point I actually dm'd uh, brianna and amy and was like okay well let's just talk about our stupidest theories right so you know i would encourage everyone to think through your dumbest theories because we really don't know and we don't want to get attached to anything you know i think at this point we have faith in these showrunners that they're going to tell us a good story with heart my only That's hope true. is that they don't recast mr miyagi's pacifism as as fear I hope they don't recast Mr. Miyagi. Speaking of dumb predictions. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Although I bet they could find a a person who could play like baby Pat Morita if they wanted to do flashbacks. Like that I'm fine with. That could be fun. Yeah. That could be fun. I think, okay, do y'all want to hear my dumb, my dumb speculation, which I will unearth when the season approaches? I can't wait. My speculation is that Mr. Miyagi withheld 
Kumiko's whereabouts from Daniel because he didn't want Daniel to get involved with her after they left Okinawa. Ooh. Um, for some reason that was probably to protect them both. But then Shozen, you know, has special knowledge of, of Kumiko. And of course, I'm saying this because I also want to see Tamlin Tamita. Heck yes. Involved in season two. I mean, if Allie's coming back, we need Kumiko. Absolutely. This podcast stands Tamlin Tamita. And I've we, said that before. I will say it again. And we know that, that Tamlin is friends with Yuji Okimoto, who plays Shozen. We know that they're friends of the Miyagi-verse. So yes. anyway, that's my theory is that it's something a little more a little more mundane that would hurt Daniel's feelings as the kid he was mm-hmm. and not some deep mythological truth. For real human beings, you know, just a, a white lie can be epically hurtful. Yes. And would be interesting to watch. You want to know what my dumb prediction is? Oh, please give me your dumb prediction. We do reconnect with Allie. She does come back. And it turns out Allie has her own third dojo. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Allie gets in that karate lifestyle after we see, after she's left. Uh, Have we been hanging out an archive of our own? Uh, I mean, you know, that would be very, I think I mentioned this episodes and episodes ago, and I can't remember which episode it is, and I'm not going to look it up. But yeah, like the idea that the show is about Cobra Kai, the show is about the rivalry with Miyagi-Do, but we know that there are other dojos in the valley. Yep. And it would be interesting to see if you know like hogwarts houses like there's like a dozen of them or more like or you know other schools like you know that we see maybe they've all got different philosophies or speaking of the fanfic an early line in those stories was you know Allie and johnny reconnect because Allie's a doctor mm-hmm. right and i wouldn't be surprised if we see the next scene is johnny running back to the beach because he's realized that Allie might have a doctor friend who could help miguel Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that, that that's the kind of show this is that they wouldn't hold that out forever. Right. If they do, they've had a, they have a really good reason that there's something else they have to develop, but they they wouldn't do it just to just to keep our attention. Yeah. So that's very possible that we'll see Allie in that capacity. But I think that once we see her, it'll be a no thing. Like it'll just be like, hey, Elizabeth Shue, you're badass. And then, you know, right. she'll, she'll go back to being badass Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Yeah. And Cobra Kai will truck on. Exactly. So that is it for. Our episode on No Mercy, that is it for season two, and that is it for Cobra Kai until 2021. So we're not going away. We're not going away. We've got some other things to do. What are we doing next, Jenny? Y'all, my time has come. Yeah? After years of procrastinating now, Colin is going to make me review The Karate Kid Part 3. And y'all know Uh that... My podcast listening in amongst our sister podcasts is incomplete because I don't listen to an episode that is covering the same material we're covering until we've done ours. Right. So, I mean, I'm excited because I can soon listen to Cobra Guys and everybody else who did Karate Kid Part 3, but that means that I have to get through actually talking about the Karate Kid Part 3. And there are some great moments in that movie and some really important plot developments, but man... It's going to be hard to watch those extras from the Goonies kick the crap out of Mr. Miyagi's little trees. I think lore-wise, Karate Kid 3 has a lot going for it. I think story-wise, it is a is a real... Hmm, it is really something else. It is a, it is a big, big, uh, dumb 80s movie in the finest tradition of dumb 80s movies. Pat Morita still manages to ground it. But he's not in every scene, and and the minute we lose 
well, anyway, we'll get we'll get into it when we get to Karate Kid 3. So what else? Um, so that's it. So until then, uh, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at Karate Kid Pod. If you have a uh, business or fan mail for us, please send it to karatekidpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook where we're posting items of interest from all around the Miyagi-verse. You can listen to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or your podcatcher of choice. Indeed. So until then, I'm Colin Canaday. I'm Jenny Carlson, and we look forward to seeing you around the Miyagi-verse. See you around the Miyagi-verse. This podcast has been produced and hosted by Colin Canaday and Jenny Carlson. Our music is by Chepo. You can find us at Karate Kid Pod on Twitter and wherever you download podcasts.